All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Can you see it? Did you notice? Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code HockeySeason 
capital H, capital S, all one word, hockey season. That will get you $5 off your order at ZephyrEpic.com. And folks, it almost is hockey season, so be sure to go get yourself some hockey cards over at Zephyr Epic. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic. Check them out on all platforms. They're all over social media. You can check them out online at ZephyrEpic.com. And there, you will find free shipping, Canada-wide, on any order over $50. So be sure to go support our friends over at Zephyr Epic. There are multiple players. Are there multiple players in this tournament that have had uh, a hockey card made of them? Probably. Uh... Dave Guadrelli, alongside Chris Faber, here to talk about the Young Stars Classic in Penticton. We were going to do an episode on Saturday. I'm sure some people can hear it. I'm sick. That's thanks to the big guy over there in Penticton. Got me sick on, uh, what, what day did we record, Chris? Wednesday? Wednesday you got me sick. I'm still recovering from it. Um, so, apologies for the nasally voice. Nasalier than usual uh, voice that I've got rocking here on this Sunday evening that we're recording this. But yes, Young Stars is in full swing. Yeah, we'll see if my voice can hold up. I'm a little coarse after banging out some uh, some Creed last night at karaoke, which I saw videos made their way around uh, Twitter last night. So we'll see how my voice holds up. We'll see how your voice holds up. It's going to be like a, a little bit of a coarse voice and a little bit of a nasally voice. So we're we're here doing excellent <laughs> podcast work, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we're going to wrap up the first two games here. This is pretty much immediately a post game from the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks just lost in a shootout three to two. But we got a lot of good things to talk about from the set. 7-1 shellacking of the Calgary Flames on Friday night. So I think I think we're just going to start, and maybe like I'm going to probably carry a lot of this with your voice not being so great, but I do want to start with the goaltenders. Uh, well, I don't really want to because I don't really care about them, but let's talk about the goalies. Uh, the first game of the weekend was Friday night, a 7-1 win. Nikita Tolapilo wasn't tested a ton, but there was a lot of positive things from Jeremy Colleton talking about, uh, you know, big body, moves well. Let's start with Tolapilo a little bit, Quads, if you want to kind of dive in on this. And then we'll move to Ty Young in a minute here as well. But let's start with the big man from Belarus uh, with Nikita Tolapilo. What did you like from him on Friday night? I'm really excited about this guy. Uh, you, you just watch him, and it's similar to what we used to see in Seelovs, and what we still see in Seelovs, I should say. But what I first saw that made me like him so much was just, you know, the sheer size and athleticism, it's evident right away with Tolapilo, right? So, I'm really excited more so. Like, like yeah, the game was fine. Like you said, didn't really get tested. Didn't see anything that I didn't already know to some extent. What I'm really excited for, Chris, is looking at what he's going to look like at the start of this year to the end of this year. Working in working in Abbotsford with Marco Terenius, how much does his game improve? Like, is this a guy that's knocking on the door to be an NHL backup after one year in Abbotsford? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe. Like, I think there's a very good chance this guy just led the Alsvenskin as a 23-year-old in save percentage this past season. So, like, that, that's the thing. I was writing it this morning for CanucksArmy.com, the kind of pregame that we did. And I was like, Tolapilo led a men's pro league, like the second tier in Sweden. He led that league in save percentage. This is the guy that the Canucks are suiting up for the Young Stars Classic. I I mean, he wasn't tested much, but if he was tested more, I would assume that he would do almost, you know, similar numbers to what we saw him put up in in that game where he only allowed one goal, right? Like, there was nothing about his game that made me think, oh, this is a guy who's not very steady. Um, you know, he's going to be someone that hears a weakness, right? Like, I haven't seen a weakness yet, right? And maybe that's because... I haven't watched him nearly enough, and I'll admit that, but 
so far so good. Like I, I really liked what I saw. I liked all of the raw tools um, that were on full display in that game, in that win over the Calgary Flames. And I'll just transition it myself, Chris. Actually, you, you go. Do you have anything on Tolapilo? Because I got a lot about Tolapilo and how it kind of relates to how we look at Ty Young. Yeah, and I think there was a lot of questions of, like, where is he going to play? Is he going to be an ECHL guy? Uh, is it Zach Sachenko, right? He's the goaltender that was added there as well. I think the the pads yep. that we saw from Tolopilo kind of give it away. It looks like he's going to be in Abbotsford. He's got the, the big A there on the pads to open up the five hole and turn it into an A hole, I guess, uh, for his season out there at Abbotsford. But, I mean, he's, yeah, he's a big body, played a ton last year uh, in Elsvenskin, faced more shots than any other goaltender in that league and uh, faced uh, less shots than any other goaltender I've ever seen the other night when he only saw two shots in that first period against the Calgary Flames. But there's there was a lot of talk about his size, obviously, at six foot six, And the movement in the crease, I thought, was really great. And there was that one big uh, right pad save that he made coming across in the second period. So lots to like from him right off the top. But I, I guess my question to you would be, is he number four on the Canucks goaltending depth chart right now? I, I think he's locked in at number four, from my opinion here. And I've told you that for a while now. I know that Sawchenko's in the mix, and he's had some NHL games and AHL games in the past couple of years. But I got to think that there's a reason why they went out and signed this Tolopilo guy, right? This has to be a guy that, that Ian Clark and, and Marco Terenius, like the goaltending department here in Vancouver, they targeted this player. Uh, and to be 23 years old, yeah, I thought he had a good performance on Friday. And, and I think he's going to ride right into being the backup for Abbotsford. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And the other thing to consider, Chris, is how much what goes down at the NHL level will impact the rest of the depth chart, right? Because I've said this before, I, and I'll, I'll say it again. If Archer Seelovs wins the backup job in Vancouver, which I think is a, is a very real possibility. I know we talked about, oh, well, will they want to play him? No, I, I think it is a very real possibility that Archer Seelovs is the Canucks' backup right from opening night. I think it's a very real possibility. If Archer Seelovs makes the Canucks, Spencer Martin isn't going to be going down to Abbotsford and playing a ton of games, right? But if Spencer Martin makes the NHL Canucks and Archer Seelovs goes down, yeah, he's going to be playing a ton of games. He's going to be playing a ton of games down in Abbotsford next year. So what happens up there really is going to impact what happens at the AHL level. So in, in a perfect world... Seelovs makes the team as the back. I don't even know if I want to call that a perfect world, but for Tolapilo in a perfect world, Seelovs makes the NHL team, and then Tolapilo is in the in Abbotsford, and he's in a, almost like a platoon role with Spencer Martin, right? And there's a guy who he can kind of bounce ideas off of, right? Like Spencer Martin, I know he's only 27, 28 years old, still a veteran guy in the eyes of a Nikita Tolapilo. Like he has been there, done that in the AHL. He has worked with. Marco Terenius, he has worked with Ian Clark now for two years. Like, that's a, and, and we know about, we know Spencer on a personal level as well. That's a good guy to have down in Abbotsford. And he's one of those guys that, you know, never really complains when he's put in any situation that he's been put in in the past. I, I really don't think that you're at any sort of risk of Spencer Martin going down to Abbotsford and, you know, polluting Tolapilo or whatever it is people want to say. Like, I think Spencer Martin's a great mentor to have for Nikita Tolapilo down there in Abbotsford. Now, that's not taking anything away from Spencer Martin, who, by all means, if he gets sent down, is going to be fighting tooth and nail to get his way back to the NHL. Like, this is a guy who wasn't really given a sniff at the NHL level, almost to no fault of his own. Because of the pandemic, because of the situations with the teams he was with, almost to no fault of his own, 
Spencer Martin was kind of held down in the ECHL, AHL, almost one of those forgotten guys, like, last train left the station and you missed it. Like, that's what it probably felt like for Spencer Martin, and that's a guy who had to fight tooth and nail to earn the NHL contract that he has right now, but let's make no mistake about it, he earned that contract, and he's going to be fighting to prove himself day in and day out. Like, just because he got paid doesn't mean that Spencer Martin's going to stop trying to, you know, stay at the NHL level, right? I, I just... I, I think the Canucks goaltending department as a whole, like the depth chart, is in a really good place. But yes, I would say Nikita Tolpilo is at least fourth on that list. Yeah, I think he's going to be playing probably every like third game in Abbotsford. That's the way I see it shaking down. And that's, you know, I I somewhat disagree with you a little bit there on like the Seelovs-Martin situation. Like I, I do think both of them will be playing a ton of games in Abbotsford and just the way that the AHL schedule goes, you got back-to-back games on the weekend and then you sometimes have a game in the middle of the week, sometimes have a pair of games during the middle of the week. So I I think it's not going to be, well, that's the thing with the AHL, there's so many back-to-backs, right? So it's going to get a lot of opportunity for Tolapilo. I think there'll be a little bit less because I do think that we might see a little bit of that kind of same thing that happened with Dustin Wolf, the uh, goaltender out of Calgary there, where he got to this point in the AHL where he was playing back-to-backs all the time. Or Stuart Skinner did this a couple of years ago for the uh, Bakersfield Condors. Like, you get to a point in the AHL as a goaltender, especially when you're a young one, where they're like, okay, let's let's get you going on back-to-backs. Let's really start to get you these reps consistently because it's just such a different schedule than the NHL, right? It's not every second night like it is in the NHL. In the AHL, you're playing lots on the weekends. It's almost similar to like a, an NCAA season, but you kind of throw in those midweek games. But um, let's move on to Ty Young a little bit because we, we saw him play against the Jets here on Sunday that we just wrapped up from that. Uh, I thought he looked really really comfortable in the first two periods and I, and throughout the third period as well. I just think that the Jets really poured it on in the third period. It was a little bit of a quiet beginning for him. I, I'm looking at the shots after 20. Uh, he only faced 13 shots, and then you see the end of the game. They end up putting up 14 shots in the third period. So it was a busy period for Ty Young. I thought the movement things that uh, you like to go off about, I thought those were all really good from post to post anyways. Like Ty Young is, he's quick. He doesn't He's not kind of taking so much time to move from post to post. He's able to shut down. There was a couple of wraparound opportunities where, like, Young is, there's no question he's able to get from post to post, and that's a huge thing we know from Ian Clark that he preaches to his goalies. And, Chris, I want you to think back to what Ty Young looked like in his draft year at his first development camp when he was learning all this stuff. Like, yeah. I, I I remember the first conversation I had with Ty Young was, hey, how are you liking all this new movement stuff? And he kind of laughed and was like, yeah, it's very different. Like, it, it was very different than what Ty Young and a lot of goaltenders who work with Ian Clark have been taught for their whole lives. And you just pointed it out as a strength of his. That is what I want to focus on, is the improvement that Ty Young has made in the past year and just the things that he's working on in his game. Because that was one of the conversations I had with, with Ian, and it was also one I had with Ty. Uh, I've also talked to Marco about it, but anyways, just how the work doesn't stop during the year, right? And that's part of Marco Terenius's role, right? Is, you know, working with on the development side, like talking to these guys who, you know, aren't in Abbotsford or aren't in the NHL and just making sure like, hey, like, how are we doing this? And, you know, I, I wrote the story a little while back about the lessons that were happening over Zoom with Ian Clark and Aku Koskenvo. Make no mistake about it, Clarky and Marco have their hands all over these guys, no matter where they are. Um, you know, obviously both very well connected in the goaltending world. So, you know, they have contacts with all the teams. They know most of the goalie coaches with the teams out there. So 
it, it, the the work hasn't stopped for Ty Young, which I think is the the most positive thing. But that's what I really want to focus on was just in the context of how we were just talking about Nikita Tolopilo. Like Ty Young just turned nineteen years old. Like he is very very young. Man, he was one of the youngest players taken in his draft class. And there's no better term to use. I've tried to think of one. There's not. I'm not going to use a different term. He is young. He is a very very young goaltender and. The maturity that you're seeing right now, not only in just being able to implement things into his game, he he was, and, and, and to some extent still is, still has some stuff to work on, he was a pretty sloppy goaltender, really, if we're, if we're being honest here, when it came to the technical side. And, and I think, like, this isn't me ragging on a guy, I think if I go look... I think in the conversation Ty and I had, he called himself a sloppy goaltender. Like, he said he had a lot of things on the technical side to work on, and that, that is very true. But it, when when a guy recognizes that he has to work on those things, and he's comfortable saying that to me in an in a interview that he knows is probably going to be published in some capacity, he's comfortable saying, yeah, you know, I need a lot of work on the technical side. Like, that 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 is a really, really good thing. And he even pointed out that, he thinks of himself as being someone who's very coachable. So again, I, I'm not I'm not taking a victory lap or anything by any means uh, over a shootout loss for the young man. But you did see some things that were just like, hey, okay, w- what's our step next year? Like, w- what is your step this year? Because I think if we look at last year, save percentage was down in Prince George, started more games though. Yeah. I think last year was a developmental success for Ty Young. So what does success look like this year? To me, it's it's building on that. Building on what you're already starting to see Ty Young. Like, you just pointed out that his post plays improved. Okay, how does he look when the puck's cycled up high? I think that's there's a lot of room for improvement there when it comes to the three-stance th- three system that we always talk about and the things that he's kind of learning and working on. I think there's a lot of room for improvement there. I, just, again... One showing. I think there is some room for improvement there. Um, yeah. But for Ty Young, the, the name of the game is just developing, right? Whereas with Tolapilo, you're developing, but you're at a later stage, right? Like, like Ty Young isn't anywhere near where Nikita Tolapilo is as a goaltender. And again, not just the fact that Tolapilo is 23 and Ty Young is only 19, and just turned 19, might I add. Also for the reason that they just have different experiences, right? I think that... The one thing that stuck out between watching both those goaltenders was when Tolopilo is moving around in the crease, like he he's a lot tighter with his arms, almost to like his uh, to his torso kind of right, and it seems like he is a little bit more prepared for a quick shot that's coming. Like Ty Young looks like he's like he's very athletic. He he moves extremely well, but it looks like there's a little bit more. Like probably when it, when a shooter gets the puck on their stick and they look at those two goalies, they're probably looking at Ty Young and think, "Oh, there's a lot more holes here, right?" Like it just seems like Tolapilo has a little bit of a tighter stance, and I'm sure that's something that you kind of brought up development. Like that feels like a very easy thing for a goaltending coach to work on with development is actually getting the stance in place. And this is something I think we talked about this on the last episode that we did together, but just like. You watch these goaltenders and, and what they're going to change to the department. This is interesting to watch a 19-year-old and how they develop because that's something you can look at, and it's something that – what did you say Ian Clark says you can, like, teach a position – or what did he say? You can teach a stance in, like, a weekend or something? Says he can teach technique in a weekend. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's something that I think with Young it's going to be interesting to watch. And uh, 
yeah, I, I've liked him. I liked his his athleticism throughout this uh, the the couple of times we've seen him. I know we're going to drive down to Seattle, you and I, to go watch uh, the Prince George Cougars when they face the Thunderbirds, get a couple of prospects in. But why don't we move on from goaltending? Because some people get mad when we do 10 minutes of BSing off the top of the show. Well, I'm getting mad because it's 16 minutes of straight goalie talk off the top. I have given you way longer of a leash than I should have. Let's talk about the actual hockey players instead of these goalie squads. Can I get something in? I, oh, I just you're done. Get I think in. you're done. I no, think no, no, you're it's done not, with it's goals. not goaltending. Okay, it's fine. not goaltending, I promise. Um, I just want to get this in because we didn't get something up on it at Canucks Army. Uh, the, the flat out, the reason we didn't get something up was because it came out when you were driving to Penticton and I was just sick as a dog, so we didn't get a post on it. I wanted to mention it. Uh, Quinn Hughes went to West Kelowna with a few members of the Canucks, the team executives, uh, to show their appreciation for the extraordinary efforts from the West Kelowna firefighters. Obviously, the Canucks had that wildfire auction that they did. Um, so just really cool. And, and Quinn, I remember, you remember this as well, Chris, um, on his first day as captain, shared with everybody that his grandfather was a firefighter in New York City. So um, obviously, 9-11 was a significant day for him, was what he pointed it out of. But just the photos of Quinn Hughes with the firefighters, shaking the firefighters' hands, Guy looks like he's on cloud nine. He looks so happy. They got a picture of him in the fire engine. Guy looks stoked, man. Like, I've, I've never seen Quinn Hughes really smile like that. Yeah, he was, uh, looked like he had a really good time. And yeah, I mean, great job by the Vancouver Canucks. I saw that it was like a check for like $250,000 to donate to them. Um, that's, you know, I think that's kind of their duty as like, Van- you know, BC's biggest sports team. It's great to see them getting back in the community and and helping out. And you know they are the kind of all the management was up here. There was a ton. Uh, basically, every name you would think is up here watching these young stars tournaments. I guess they'll be heading back for the Milford uh, after Sunday night tonight. Uh, but even today, Francesco Aquilini as well uh, was up there. So everybody was in attendance to watch today's young stars game. And uh, I guess they were kind of making the trip up there as well. So good, good on Hughes. Good on the Canucks. Yeah, absolutely love to see it. And the video was great by the Canucks that they. Put Oh, no, that was awesome stuff. Top reply is Bo Horvat could never. And that's, oh. that's a slight Bo. He oh. was good with the community stuff. But I just want to point out, that's a lot of travel for Quinn Hughes. Like, guy was in Vegas. Then he comes back, does a bag skate, which I chronicled over at Canucks Army. He's got, you know, all the all this travel for poor Quinn Hughes. Like, let the guy take a breather. Holy smokes. Uh, once you put the C on your chest, you got to do, you got to do what you got to do, man. So I, I've been... Shake some hands, kiss some babies. Yeah, exactly, and hang out with some firemen. Good stuff from Quinn Hughes. Let's uh, all right. Let's dive into the players that we've liked. I, I think I'm just gonna throw like because I'm at the games here at Pedtech, and you've been watching them at home. I know. Give me one name that's impressed you so far here, quads, from this uh, first two games of the Young Stars tournament. <clears throat> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I had a friend, a colleague um, in Calgary, text me today after the Winnipeg game and say, Hey, is Aiden McDonough going to make the team? Like, is Aiden McDonough going to make the NHL roster? Because this kid looks good. And I don't know if I don't know if it's a cop-out to say McDonough because, look, him and Hirose have looked fantastic. But what did we say before this tournament, Chris, was we said, these are the guys with NHL experience. These are the guys that have played almost four years in the NCAA. These guys should be leading a tournament like this. Like, they should be playing the way they are. So, I don't know if I want to say I'm most impressed with them. Um, obviously, they have been very impressive, so shout out to those two guys. But the guy I'm going to go with, Chris, is Vilmer Ulrichsen. Yeah, He scored love a goal it. in the yeah. first game, and in this second game against Winnipeg, dude is mixing it up in the crease. And I think when you select a six foot six player... The thing you don't want is for him to play like he's 5'9", right? And you want to see him go to the net. You want to see him do those things that are going to make him successful, right? Like, you don't want to see him be a finesse perimeter player. Like, you want to see him go hard to the net. And that's what I saw from Vilmer Ulrichsen. And obviously, I didn't know the young man's game until I really saw him at this tournament. I've, I've been very impressed. And hey, like, don't forget, going to Guelph this season, Scott Walker, former assistant coach, uh, for the Canucks is going to be kind of overseeing his development a little bit uh, in Guelph there or Guelph Guelph yeah I was gonna say yeah okay blame I'll it on that it. you've had I think you've struggled with Guelph in the past actually I think I, have, I, I have, think on former I episodes you, that's not a good one for you um I thought Ulrichson was excellent he, like you mentioned he was uh the net front presence on the power play they kept him there for the second game as well and I I, I could note very early on, on in that game that the Winnipeg Jets were trying to target him a little bit and I don't mean like target him go for the head they just see a big body and I'm sure a lot of these prospects want to make an impression they wanted to lay some big hits on Ulrichson and you know between the whistles he's chirping guys he was pushing back on a lot of players and then from all those moments at the start of the game where it looks like they're being a little aggressive with the big Swedish player then he st- you know he sticks right up for himself and all the plays with the puck was around the net on a power play like Ulrichson was not being pushed around and it led to a pretty big uh, kind of scrum throughout a little bit of the the first period there and then we saw a little bit more in the second period but he kind of got taken out of the game I guess in the Winnipeg game because of so many uh, special team opportunities specifically power plays for the Jets in that third period there but I, I really liked Ulrichson's play physically I think there are definitely some things that he needs to work on his hands are still a little bit uh, you know kind of chunky as well as the skating as well like we we saw throughout these first two games Archie Baines does a great job of like when the pucks in his skates just you know, kicks it right up to his stick, no problem. Doesn't need a break stride or anything. I think Ulrichson, you watch him, and if the puck gets in his sta- skates, it's uh, a little Tyler Myers esque, where it's like you know he's got to spin around, do circles. It's it's a long way to go from when you're six foot six to see where the puck is at your feet. Like it's a tough it's a tough situation for Ulrichson. But yeah, he scored the goal, and and I think that I've been impressed with the way that he's played in a similar way that you talked about him. Like I think his style, he knows he has to change it a little bit from how he played in the J20 league. Because when I go back and watch him uh, play in the J. 
league over there in Sweden last year. Like he, he wasn't really impressing me physically. Watching him in these first two games with the Vancouver Canucks at this development or not development camp at uh, the Young Stars tournament, like he looks like he's playing with a lot more physicality in this game. And and the one OHL preseason game that I watched, it was something similar where I was like. Okay, like somebody's clearly gotten into his head and been like, yeah, you got to use this big ass body of yours, man. Like you got to start throwing it around and you can't be getting pushed around when you're this size. Not only is he six foot six, like he is built, like he is a big guy. I saw him walking around today with no gear on. You know, he's not one of these six foot six lanky guys. He's got some, some girth to him. And uh, he's going to be challenged a little bit in the OHL, I'm sure, in a similar way to we saw Winnipeg today, where it's like, you know, the guys that are trying to make an impression, they see a guy who's six foot six, you want to go knock that guy on his ass. And Ulrichson held up pretty good, and I, I kind of liked him chirping back a little bit today. I was impressed with him as well. So you're saying he's been shown a Chris Pronger highlight package. Yeah, and he's, he's actually watched it, and he's returned uh, to North America as well. I actually gave away a uh, – uh, ran into a listener today, uh, and he was, like, the tallest listener I've maybe ever ran into. He's, like, six foot seven. He's a big guy. And uh, so I had to give him the Nikita Triampkin uh, Young Gun card, obviously. Shout out to Zephyr Epic. I got a bunch of cards. If you see me out here in Penticton tomorrow, uh, come come yell at me or something. I got a bunch of cards for everybody. So I've been giving out uh, rookie cards to everyone I run into here. Uh so, you yeah. might be moving too fast. I've seen you on that scooter. That's that's my new favorite meme. It's yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, that got meme pretty quick. Uh, shout out to Lachlan. He did a great job with that. Uh, but those scooters are great. I got a so this I got a three day pass on these scooters, so I can ride like three days. I get three different ninety minute rides for twenty five dollars. So shout out to to Ride Sparrow, the folks up here. The scooters. Uh, yeah, I've got like I'm, today. I'm going to go out for a rip here in a little bit. Here, I got to get some chocolate milk and some food tonight. Uh, so I'm going to run out here on the scooter pretty quick. Get the helmet on and get ripping around town. I'm I'm still a little confused though because there's not really bike lanes here. Like, at least in some of the roads that I've been driving around, I know there are certain spots where it's like a scooter lane or bike lanes. But like, like I got to ride it on the road or ride it on the sidewalk. But I was riding it on the road the other day, and then I was like, and cars are going right by me. I'm like, okay, well, I'm getting on the sidewalk. There's nobody here on the sidewalk. I was blown away last night. So we go out uh, to the Barley Mill Pub. Shout out to them. The, the karaoke was excellent. I There was a woman who performed. It was one of the best. It was actually it was. It was the best karaoke performer I've ever seen in my life. She was incredible. So shout out to everyone out there. Uh, but I, I think that like at 830, we're driving around Penticton. There is nobody on the streets, right? Like nobody on the streets. It is such a, a different look than from living in downtown Vancouver. It's, it's kind of cool. It reminds me of uh, home in Nanaimo a little bit. It was great. But Nanaimo is even busier than it is like 830 on a Saturday. There's nobody on the sidewalks. It was definitely a trip to, to see how, how much, uh, how much are you looking forward to the final day of young stars? Like, are you kind of like okay? We we have our scope now, like like we know what we're looking for. Or are you still is there still anything that you're kind of like? Oh, I'm really excited to go see this thing because today it was Ty Young for me, right? Kirill Kudryatsev as well. Is there anything that you're still like? Oh, I'm I'm still curious, or I still want to see this. There's certainly a few players that I'd like to see a little bit more from. Um, Kirill Kudryatsev, getting him back into the game, or he didn't play in the first game. He played in the Winnipeg game. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was excellent today playing against the Winnipeg Jets. And this guy is just, he's quick. He looks clean with everything that he does on the ice. He's a guy that doesn't really panic when the puck's bouncing around and you have to like corral it and be able to make a play. I thought Kudryatsev, like, would you argue, like, I would make the argument that he was probably the best defenseman 
I thought, consistently throughout the game today against Winnipeg. And I, I think that's great. He's a guy who's going back to the OHL. He's going to be on the Sioux Greyhounds, and he's going to be a guy leading the team with the power play opportunities in the OHL. And I think he'll be a guy that can, can challenge to be a top-five scorer from defensemen this year in the OHL. It's a, He was really impressive, I think, in this game. And I hope to. that's kind of the thing that I'm most excited about for Monday's game is I want to see Kujiatsov play again. And if you remember last year, like at main camp, I thought he fit right in as well. So uh, somebody asked, uh, I think, a mailbag question today, and they said, like, is he the most underrated Canucks prospect? Like, I think he's up there for sure. And I know he's a seventh-round pick from a couple of years ago, but he really impressed in his draft plus one year, and I think he's going to do even more of that in his draft draft plus two year. I think the other name that I wanted to see a little bit more from has been Josh Bloom. I think he's had a couple games that have been a little bit frustrating for him I think you can actually see that the way he's going back to the bench or even just like when a play doesn't happen like I think he struggled a little bit to fit in at this level so far and this is a level that is you know a mishmash of junior players and AHL players and whatever it may be but he hasn't really found his stride just yet I think he's a guy that we have some pretty good expectations for this coming season in the AHL we want to see him basically have a similar season to what Archie Baines did last year um, Archie Baines looked a lot better in his first two games of the Young Stars tournament last year than Bloom has up to this point but it's not like he's looked bad I just think that there's been a couple times where it just feels like he's maybe gripping the stick too hard or whatever it may be whatever saying you want to use it just feels like the puck's bouncing on him a little bit and it's not really getting in there I, I want to see a good bounce back game from Josh Bloom and I think he's one of the guys that though they're probably going to make some changes to the lineup here for Monday they've you know come out and had a couple of games I don't know if we're going to see like all of like Aiden McDonough and Atu Ratu and some of these kind of bigger name prospects but I think Josh Bloom's a guy that I'd like to see a little bit of a bounce back from on Monday and the, the final name I'd say from from kind of talking about guys that I want to see more of it's probably Danilo Klimovich right like Klimovich has been He's been around the puck a lot, and he's been given these opportunities, and this is something I've been saying on the show for it feels like the whole offseason. Like, he is now at the point in my eyes where he's deserving of top six time in the AHL. Well, he's getting top six time right now in this Youngsters tournament, and he's not really performing yet, right? He's, he's having the, those kind of things that we saw in his rookie season in Abbotsford where he goes to make a pass or goes to shoot the puck, and he just kind of fans on the puck when it's in front of him. Like, he takes his eyes up from it, and he can't you know, exactly see where the puck is. He's done that a few times in this tournament, so he's another one that uh, I'd like to see a little bit more from him, but it was nice to see him be involved in the scrum and, you know, that scrum at the end of the second period against the Jets where Archie Baines is on the ice and the guy's pounding on him. Klimovich is the guy to, like, push his guy off and run in there, grab him. Like, love to see that from Klimovich because I do think he has a little bit of that rat uh, rat style in him, like, and he was cross-checking guys around the net, but, yeah, I think that he's the other one that I wanted to see more from on Monday, but, I, it's you know, with McDonough, it's like, I've seen enough of McDonough at this tournament, right? Like, his shot was just electric. Uh, both the goals that he scored, he is absolutely pissed on those shots. They've been ripped into the back of the net, destroying these junior goaltenders. Um, so I want to see more of Klimovich. I want to see more of Ulrichsen, the guy you mentioned earlier. Uh, but I also want to see the situation play out here with Carol Plastic and Dimitri Zodia because they didn't play uh, in Sunday's game today against the Jets, but they're, they're two players who need to show something. I thought they showed well on Friday night. I'd be curious to see what they look like on Monday against the Oilers here as they wrap up this series. And you kind of talked about it. Like These are two guys who are going to be fighting for a spot in Abbotsford. And if they don't get it, they'll be probably going to Kalamazoo with the Canucks having fortified that relationship with the ECHL club. Uh, th those are two guys that right now are kind of playing to impress Jeremy Colleton, right? So they got to yep. make good on their opportunities. I like those two. They connected on a little play, uh, nifty little pass. I think Plastic founds Lodiev. Um, 
last night, or excuse me, Friday night. That was that was a nifty little thing I saw. So I'm hoping they play Monday. Uh, again, another thing to watch heading into camp. But Chris, I want you to answer the question. The question, and I could say his name. I don't know why I just said my colleague in uh, Calgary, Mike Gould. Everybody knows Mike Gould, very active on Twitter. Mike Gould texted me and asked about McDonough. So Chris, I ask you, Aiden McDonough, sleeper pick? Sleeper pick to make the NHL roster out of camp? Yeah, I mean, he, he has to be a sleeper pick. I wouldn't bet on it still, though. I, I, I still think that, yeah, he scored a couple of very nice power play goals, but has he dominated at 5-on-5? Five five? Like, I, I, I wouldn't say that. Like, I think he, he's been good, don't get me wrong, but if you want to jump into the NHL, look, you know, and this is a horrible example to use because he's ridiculous and a generational talent, but, like, look what Connor Bedard did in his prospect game, like putting up a hat trick, just ripping the puck and, and showing well at 5 on 5. I, I think with Aiden McDonough, he's scored from his hot spot on the power play, but it's like, we know he can do that, and we know that he should be doing that at this tournament. So, I, as much as he is, yeah, he's a, he's a dark horse player to make the roster, but I just think there's so much competition on the wings. He's going to be a guy who goes down to Abbotsford, and I think Carlton now has seen enough of where he needs to put Aiden McDonough on the power play when he gets to the AHL. Like the you know the Abbotsford crowd, I love them out there. They're good folks, all of them. They're going to love Aiden McDonough on the power play to start the season, and if he plays well enough and he's scoring at just a ridiculous rate, like we will see him get in the NHL at some point next season. I just don't think it's going to be out of training camp with all the, the other players that are really in the mix there. And, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Ilya Mikheyev coming back and Nils Huglander fighting for a spot. Vasily Pod Colson wanting to get back in the lineup and Phil DiGiuseppe. I just, I have Aiden McDonough, I guess, a step lower than those guys where I'm thinking of guys making the NHL team out of training camp anyways. Wow. Nobody was expecting that Faber heel turn where you basically said, Unless you're doing what Connor Bedard's doing, you're not worth my time. That's yeah, I didn't no. Expect that? Yeah, I know, and I, I just gotta you know say it like it is. I guess right. I gotta be honest. <laughs> no, I think it's it's gonna be really difficult. Like McDonough's role, and I think when he fits into his like ideal role, it's gonna be top six and scoring on the power play. He's just not going to be able to jump in and do that at the NHL. He's gonna have to do that at the AHL while kind of rounding out the rest of his game at the pro level, which is good and. He's at the age where, you know, what is he? He's going to turn 24, I think, in like a, a couple of months here. Uh, so he's a player that still is at that point where he's got to start getting those pro reps. And, you know, he didn't really get a ton last year just in those uh, in those NHL games last year. I think he played in six, and he scored in one of them, which was awesome. But uh, I think AHL is going to be excellent for him, and I think that Abbotsford roster, honestly, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun to see some of these players that are out there to start the year. And uh, McDonough should be one of the guys who is the driving player on that power play for sure. All right, you got anything else? I'm pulling up, uh, we don't have a poll question today, but regardless, you should go check out Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com, use promo code CC15, that'll get you 15% off your order at Atlas Goods, the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Actually, I do have a poll question. I, I bet you missed this, Chris. Oh, I, I, uh, I was curious, I was curious how many fans are actually watching the Young Stars Classic, and there's a lot. There's a lot of people watching it. Uh, 322 votes at the time of this recording. 43% say they're watching it. 48% say no. And then 9% of people say one or two games. So you add that all together, more people are watching it, or at least one game, than not. So Canucks fans are into it, man. And we're seeing it at Canucks Army. Everybody's really into it. Everybody's really into it. A uh, couple people said they're just watching football. I know MLB is coming to a close here. So I'm uh, not surprised that some people aren't into Youngstars, but I, I'm... Very, very happy to see that there are a lot of fans that are like, yeah, no, this is marking that, yeah, it's time to go. Like, it's, it's, it's time. It's time to go here. It's hockey season now. 
So yeah, I think it was, it, I just want to get that in. No, and today was a tough one, right? Because Sunday they're going up against football. Obviously, uh, it's a Young Stars tournament game against the Winnipeg Jets. Everybody saw what happened on Friday night. They probably got their fix, right? Like everybody was really, I'm sure everybody was real horned up on Friday night just to watch some damn hockey. And we got a lot of that uh, and a good performance as well. Maybe people might have just shut it down a little bit after that point. But uh, Monday will be nice. It'll be good to get a little uh, a little wrap on this tournament here. And I know Monday you've got some other stuff going on too because I'll be at the game up here. In Penticton, uh, but you've got some busy stuff on Monday as well, so that'll be coming up on Canucks Army here pretty soon. You're going to be out there talking to a bunch of Canucks players at the Jake Milford, right? Yeah, and we were told management. I'm curious oh, okay. from a personal standpoint if that's Jim Rutherford, right? Like, like when's the last time we talked to Jim Rutherford, right? Like the president of the hockey department is supposed to speak, right? And I know he kind of took the uh, all the criticism from the Boudreaux situation and said fine, okay, well, the problem is clearly that I'm speaking, so I, if you don't want me to speak, I won't speak anymore, and I don't think that's what anybody actually wanted, um, was for Jim Rutherford to just stop talking altogether, but hopefully, um, hopefully he's among those talking on Monday. I, I would like to hear from the president of uh, hockey operations. So, yeah. yeah, I'll be out there on Monday. I was hoping you'd be there too, but impossible to get there from Penticton that fast, so... Yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be good. We'll have coverage of it, of course, at Canucks Army. But yeah, yeah, I don't think uh, there's any other names that I really think have stuck out in a positive or negative way from the Young Stars tournament. Like I, I, I guess I've been a little critical of Akito Hirose. I, I really wanted him to be a dominant uh, performer at this tournament. Same with Cole McWard. Like I know McWard's a little bit younger, but like Hirose is what 25 years old playing in this tournament, I, and I thought he he's been good. Don't get me wrong. But I really wanted to see Hirose like dominate as a number one and establish that. People want to see this guy, you know, a lot of people think he's going to be the guy on the third pairing, right? Like a lot of Canucks fans from what they saw last year, like, oh, this is a third pairing guy. Then he should be absolutely dominating this tournament. And I think he's been good. Don't get me wrong. Like defending, I think he's been very good defending. Uh, but moving the puck is something that I really like from him at the NHL level. I don't know if he's impressed me that much in this tournament, to be honest, doing that. And I think he's been good on the power play. Like that's something that's been good. He's been able to move the puck or at least just get it to Aiden McDonough, it feels like. But I think at five on five, I wanted to see him be a breakout machine be like every time the puck touches Hirose's stick I think he should be able to make a clean exit at this tournament to a player and I don't know if I just haven't seen that and I'm not saying he's been bad I'm just saying he hasn't been at the level that I was kind of hoping for and you know what a lot of Canucks fans were probably hoping for when they're penciling him him in over a Christian Wolanin and or Jack Rathbone on the third pairing like Hirose should be dominating this tournament with his skill level uh, and how he at least performed last year in the NHL. So he's kind of the other name that I thought. Um, I did want to bring up Atu Ratu as well before we get out of here. Like, I thought he had an excellent game against the Winnipeg Jets. I thought that he he kept up with the pace, which was something that we've been talking about with him for a long time. But also, like, first seven minutes of the game, he has two amazing passes to create scoring chances. Worked extremely well with a backdoor play to Kirill Kudryatsev as well at one point. And I just think that Ratu played a very strong game uh, on Sunday here. And he's a guy that, like, I would like to see him go again. I'd like to see him do all three of these games. Like, I guess McDonough is someone I don't really need to see any more of. And even Hirose as well, I don't know. Like, the older guys, they don't really need to go back into this. But Ratu's still 20 years old. Like, I would let him play on Monday. I would play him with Daniil Klimovic again and, and let it roll. And, hey, by the way, remember my projected lineup that I did on the show yeah. the other day? How bang yep. on was that? The defense score might not have been great, but I think I nailed the forward group. I, I only mixed up the centers in the top six, but absolutely nailed the forward group. You were right. Yeah, I didn't even. Yeah, I, I got to go look back. I, I haven't, but yes, I, I know you were right. I remember seeing the lineup and being like, huh, 
I've seen that before. Rushed it. Like, top top nine was perfect, like, the exact same players. But, yeah, I just had to swap out Sassin and Ratu. So, uh, they played me a little bit on that. But, uh, yeah, excited to wrap up this tournament. Got to give a shout-out to uh, Jonathan Wall, former Canucks employee. He's now uh, working this tournament and kind of just being the head of the whole thing. He's been excellent to deal with. He's brought us chicken strips, got us all set up all well up there for the media. And uh, he's running around chatting up everyone. So, Jay Wall's been excellent, uh, and he does an awesome job. You know, he's the guy who kind of – fronted getting this back and, and making sure that Penn Ticton had young stars and this opportunity came up for, for these young players and NHL organizations. So like shouts to Jay Wall. He's absolutely crushed it this week. Um, and it's been an excellent event so far. And, and man, that Penn Ticton uh, arena, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I, I just, I think back to like going and watching the Clippers, uh, my Nanaimo Clippers of the BCHL play at Frank Crane Arena. And this is a very different looking level of BCHL arena, man. I don't know how this is not in the WHL. Penticton's incredible. Uh, it's, it's a little hot for me. I don't think I could ever live here. It's way too hot. Um, but, uh, it's been very good so far. And yeah, shouts to, to everybody at the arena has been excellent to deal with. <clears throat> yeah been a good tournament um wednesday quick turnaround uh wednesday we are traveling to the island for canucks training camp which kicks off on thursday from victoria of course we will both be there uh could be a good camp man like i've been really looking forward to it we'll have another show before that uh, maybe a show or two actually where we preview training camp a little bit i think we're gonna go on tuesday but uh, don't quote me on that um yeah, we'll we'll uh, we'll go on Tuesday and we'll uh, we'll preview training camp a little bit more. But I'll close it out there. Uh, I got a betway bet of the day though before we do that. Oh, okay. uh, Chicago Cubs at Arizona Diamondbacks. It's Sunday night baseball, not Sunday night football. Although I am watching both. Uh, Sunday night baseball. The uh, the run the run total uh, over eight and a half. I would take that. I would take that over eight and a half. Uh, that is even odds. Ten dollar gets. $10 bet gets you $10, $20 in return. Goodness gracious, I am just laboring through this as I uh, am still a little bit sick under the weather a little bit. Uh, but, of course, that is over at Betway. 19 plus to play if you choose to play. Please play responsibly. All right, we'll close final, it out there. Final thing for sure, me. Sure, go ahead. Okay, you, you've been trashing my uh, fantasy football team, and I trashed them myself. Back to back Dude, weeks. I saw Mike Evans go off. I saw Mike Evans back go off to today. Back. And the only the only thing I'm thinking when I see Mike Evans and, and Devontae Adams. I, I Devontae Adams on your team too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he is. When I watch when I watch Red Zone and I see both of those guys going off, I'm like, Faber's gonna win his his league. Like Faber's gonna win the league. I had a joke of a team. I didn't have any picks in the first three rounds of the draft because I traded them away. But uh, this week, I am the second highest performing team in the whole league. Last week, I was number one. I'm going to blow out whoever I'm playing this week. Uh, just absolutely dominating. The team is hot, and they are just, they're the team, they're the underdogs, right? The underdogs. Gators Garbage Disposal. That's my team name. We're rolling right now. We'll keep the updates coming because my team is trash, uh, from the draft, but they are just rolling once we actually get to football. So, uh, We'll see. I, this is probably going to fall off pretty quick, and I won't ever mention it again, but, uh, the boys are buzzing <laughs> right now. That's for sure. That's right, the boys are buzzing, just like they are at the Young Stars Classic. Coverage continues of the Young Stars Classic over at CanucksArmy.com, so be sure to go check it out uh, as soon as you can. We got a lot of stuff. Monday Mailbag tomorrow on Blackfish. It's going to be a busy Blackfish. Faber's been off this week, basically, from the prospect coverage. I've been been writing about prospects. I'm in the trenches writing about Jonathan LeCaramacchi, and where are you? Golfing. 
Yeah, I'm golfing. out golfing. Somebody's got to kiss the babies and shake the hands, quads. That's what I'm out here doing. So don't worry about me. I'm I got to you know got to work hard up here. I had to golf uh, 27 holes over the last two days. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear well, you. Anyways, it, I'm just you saying, know what? I've been doing my Lakaramaki coverage. Yeah, if I'm being honest, it was actually extremely hard work to get through that golf round yesterday. It was like 34 <laughs> degrees, and I, and I was it was my worst round of the year. My slice was back. Uh, I was playing with uh, with Grady. At Grady Sass, and, and man, we were both brutal. We had the worst slice, and we were playing with a pro in front of us who was just like piping like 340 down the middle, and we're just an absolute joke. Like, we and then you know what changed everything? A little dirty old bottle of fireball in the bottom of my golf bag, and then we started to figure it out after uh, after we finished <laughs> off that bottle real quick. Uh, so that was a, a good little way to finish the round, but just a horrendous. Uh, the worst round of my summer for sure. So that was too bad. But it was a beautiful course, man. They got some real good golf courses out here in Penticton. So that was cool. Can, uh, quickly on the karaoke front, I mentioned off the top, shout out to Harm. So Harm went up and did all the small things completely sober as well and the crowd was loving it Harmon had that room like wrapped around his finger uh he even had a little lady friend kind of walk up and she wanted to get involved with a duet but Harmon he had that mic and he was holding on to it tight sober harm <laughs> heading up there uh to do karaoke we'll talk more about that uh i'm, I'm sure uh when Harmon comes on uh every friday when he's going to join us again here on canucks combo i guess that's sort of an announcement right i feel like we did it all last year we are bringing it back again Harmon will be back uh, with me on fridays on the show yeah, Harmon's going to be a regular contributor. Uh, we didn't go to Castle Fun Park to record it this year, but uh, yes, Harmon will be back. Well, I've got uh, some video now, again. so I can, uh, I've can. i got a whole bunch of video of Harm singing. So, And shout out to Batch. Batch doing Teenage Dirtbag was awesome. He has that little that little nasally like voice that you got to do for songs. It felt like Batch was just going through all the songs uh, that have like a little nasally like singing, talking voice at the start because he absolutely nailed that. Uh, so yeah, Barley Mill, they were, they were awesome. I think that's something we got to do every year now uh, coming up here because it was a blast uh, and just not awesome pop they had cherry beer quads and i was crushing them last night they're excellent the ladies she's like normally i cut people off with this how much like however much you had like last night she's like normally i have to cut people off here but you're you're good i said well the cherry beers are excellent and you got to just mix in a water between each one then you're all good i've learned that in my 30s (laughs) all right we'll close it out there for my co-host chris faber and our technical producer aaron bordado who is at his mother's house tonight (laughs) Uh, my name's David Gudrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.